Greetings and salutations, one and all, and welcome to the Infinite Journey Podcast. I'm Paul James Caden, and in today's show, we are going to continue a bit with the conversation that we started in the last show, which was about Donald Trump, QAnon, and the road to Armageddon. When you do a show of that nature, naturally you get a lot of responses, a lot of questions, a lot of comments. Some people agree, some people disagree. But I thought because of the overwhelming response to this show, that it might be a good idea to bring a little bit more clarity to the table when it comes to this topic. I think it's important that we do this at this particular stage in the game. But before we pull up our chairs and lay all of this out on the table, I would just like to state that this is a spiritual show. I like to talk about spiritual development, spiritual growth, seeking the light in our lives, having the peace of God dwell in our hearts and our minds and our souls, no matter what is happening in this world. And I want to get back to that. I want to talk mainly about those kinds of things that are positive and more uplifting and reflective. But unfortunately, um, in the day and age that we live in, sometimes you have to mention these things. You have to talk about these subjects because they're a reality that we're living. And as I said in the last podcast, as a spiritual person who has always been seeking the truth and seeking the light, I feel responsible and like it is my duty to say something if I'm seeing something that doesn't look right and it doesn't feel right to me, even if I'm wrong, and that's okay if I'm wrong. But if it looks like people are going to injure themselves or cause some kind of harm or deceive themselves or be deceived, I feel that I should mention it. Because I don't want to be one of those spiritual people that never talks about the issues. We just glaze right over them and talk about our happy little subjects. I want to talk about the happy and in-depth little spiritual subjects, but I think sometimes we also have to pause and talk about what's going on in the world around us the elephant in the room, so to speak. I don't want to make it a habit to talk about these things on the show all the time. If there's a need to, then I will, but I don't want to make it the norm. My last show, The Spirit Side, got very mired down in talking about political things and conspiracy theories and debunking conspiracy theories. And I ended up getting away from all that and just closing that show down because 
I noticed that the conspiracy theories that were coming out of the what is called the truth movement or the conspiracy theory camps, they were just getting more fantastic every day and every week. And even though I was telling people, this is what you're going to be hearing next, please don't believe this. This is what you're going to be bombarded with in the conspiracy podcast and shows. Uh, think twice before you receive this as a truth. And sure enough, people were bombarded. But I was lucky if one or two people listened. They received it as truth, even though I told them weeks in advance that these things were coming. I told people not to worry about certain conspiracy theories, to maybe take a step back and re-examine all of this, because these things that are being told that are going to happen this week, this month, this year, they're not going to happen. And they didn't. But did anyone believe? Did anyone re-examine the information they were given? Well, I'm sad to report that very few have. And one might ask, well, how do you know that people are going to be bombarded with this certain information in the next week or two weeks or over the next month? Well, because I was associated with uh, several of the more popular conspiracy personalities on YouTube and the Internet. I had some of them on my shows in the past, and... I was friends with these people. I would talk to them on the phone. We would text. You know, we would do shows together. And I began to see where they were getting their truth from in some uh, regard. Or with some subjects, rather. And it was very spurious. And they were gearing up to share this information, uh, some of them had thousands of viewers. And I made the comment one time, I was talking on the phone with one gentleman, and I said, geez, you know, man, I, I don't really know about that because here's what I heard about that particular subject. And when you question these people, the voice on the other end of the phone is not one you are familiar with. It becomes very dark, very berating, very insulting, very threatening. You're asked, do you really know the truth? Are you that uninformed? Are you questioning me? Do you know who I am? Yes, I've had a couple people ask me that. Do you know who I am? Uh, one individual even warned me and said, don't you dare go on your show and tell the people what you think or what you know. Don't you dare contradict what I'm saying on my show. And if you do, I will bring you down. I'll make sure nobody ever listens to you again. Well, you know, I'm shaking my head because... <laughs> 
I didn't believe in any of that. And, you know, if I had something to say, I voiced my opinion. I didn't name names. I just said, here's what's coming down the pike. Here's what's being said. Here's what the truth of the matter is. Nothing ever happened. Uh, I'm not friends with these people anymore. Uh, but very few people listened to what I had to say, which is fine. I did my part. I did what I felt obligated in the eyes of the divine creator to do in that instance. And I ended up pulling away from all that. And that's why I don't want to revisit, you know, those topics all of the time. And that is why when asked about it now, I say, no, I don't, I don't support any of that. I don't believe in any of that. And I'll still have people that have heard me say these things years ago for the past almost three years. And they'll say, oh, I'm so sorry that you turned your back on the truth. Oh, your research is so, you know, uh, wanting and, and incomplete. You know, anything that was said that was true or came to fruition was greatly overlooked. But the people who keep making the predictions that never come true, we still keep believing in them and making excuses for them. It's going to happen. It didn't happen today. It didn't happen this month. It didn't happen this year. But it could happen next year. There's one gentleman that uh, I was friends with for a while, very popular conspiracy theorist on, uh, on YouTube. And I started watching him in 2000. 15 and so that's five years for five years this guy has been making predictions and saying all these horrible things are going to happen and here's the proof here's this here's that here's what i found here's the links and none of it ever happens but then he will always, you know, the following year, he will say, this is the year it's going to happen. When it doesn't happen, this is the year that it's going to happen. It kind of reminded me of uh, some of my evangelical friends in the past that, you know, Jesus is coming this year. Well, he didn't come back this year. The world didn't end. It's happening this year. Well, it didn't happen this time. Uh, it's happening next year. You know, we can't keep making excuses Eventually, we have to shake the dust from our eyes and wake up, O oh sleeper. Take a look at what's happening around us. Do a little self-examination, a little self-reflection. Look at the impact that these things are having on the world around us. Look at how it's impacting us. And be honest with ourselves. We need to step out of our own way and stop cementing these opinions that we come up with in concrete. Everyone is so perseverated on being right. My opinion, I, you know, what I decided was right. We draw all these little lines in the sand and we dare somebody to step over those lines. Or even if we think they may have stepped over one of those lines, we attack. Verbally, and now sometimes as the world is going physically, we're always looking to be on the attack, on the defensive. Tear down, fight, defend. 
And it's a very dangerous place to be. And I think the last show that I put out um, was a very stark reminder of this reality. Because I had a lot of people that commented or emailed after, you know, after they listened to the show. And they didn't hear anything that I said in that show except where I said some of the conspiracy theories were outlandish and not true. And they only wrote or commented to tell me, you know, how incomplete my research was, how out of touch with the truth I am. But those, or that was the only point that many of them decided to comment upon. Defend those conspiracy theories. Defend my opinion. Defend what I believe is the truth. And we're going to talk here in a moment about the difference between the conspiracy theories and the actual agenda that some people do have behind the scenes. There are people, believe it or not, who want to rule the world. And we're going to talk about them and the truth of that matter in just a moment. But before we jump into that pool, let me just say that as far as my research being incomplete or severely lacking, hey, listen, I've known about this stuff before there was even an internet. I knew about this stuff 20-some years before half the people on the internet discovered what they called the truth and the conspiracy theories and started very big, uh, popular YouTube channels about the subject. I ran across this whole conspiracy agenda back in 1990-91 in a book I was reading on biblical prophecy. It piqued my interest so much that I started seeking out other books, other material. And back then there was no internet. We didn't have cell phones. So you went to the bookstore, you went to the library, you did what you could to dig up information and connect the dots. You know, what's going on? What is the truth of all of this? And speaking of connecting the dots, you know, in 1991, I went on a personal quest. I wanted to find out if there was any scientific or historic evidence that could point me in the direction that I'm just not believing in God because my parents told me to or my church told me to. I wanted some science behind my faith. I wanted some history behind my faith. Was there anything there? that could build the foundation to say, hey, this just isn't a pie-in-the-sky belief or religion. There's some evidence to what I believe. 
And so I went on a quest to find this scientific and historical truth or information. And I found quite a lot. But the thing I didn't do, see, it would have been very easy for me to read all Christian publications and books and authors. It would have been very easy for me to find those Christian authors who were historians and philosophers and scholars and theologians and read all of their material and go, yep, there we go. They've told me everything I need to do. No, I applied what they call critical thinking. And what I did is I not, I not only read religious material on the subject, but I looked at secular sources. What do secular scientists and historians and different people say about some of these events that are maybe written about in the Bible or the probability of creation versus evolution? What is really out there? And surprisingly, I learned a lot from the secular sources. And there were some religious uh, sources that corresponded with that information. And what I found out, ladies and gentlemen, is that some of the Christian sources I had read by people that were supposed to be very trusted, the best in their field, as theologians, scholars, historians, philosophers, some of these people who were claiming to be Christians and Christian leaders in the evangelical community were not telling the truth. They were twisting scientific fact. They were twisting history. They were twisting the truth and presenting it in their books and in their material to convince me and sell to me their bill of goods. Twisting the truth to get me to believe what they believe, what they wanted me to believe. And that was one of the things that started the house of cards of evangelical Christianity crumbling for me because once I found one untruth, I found another and another and another. So when you're doing any kind of research, you just can't Look at the sources that tell you what you want to hear or correspond with what you already believe. That is not balanced research. It is not honest research. I could be going around right now saying a whole lot of things about biblical history and Jesus and you know all these different things that are untrue because there were a lot of evangelical authors and scholars and theologians, people that were supposed to be very educated, that were twerking the facts 
to make their belief system and their interpretation of Christ and the Bible seem correct. So if I had looked at just those sources, I could be going around right now espousing all this stuff. And if somebody said, hey, now wait a minute, that's not actually true. That's not what history says. That's not what all of these other sources, Christian and secular, say. I could say, oh, you're a liar. Those people lied. That's fake news. Can't believe them. I have all the facts. I did my research. I did my research, but I did it all in the sources and material that are already confirmed to me what I believe. I didn't look at the other side of the fence. I didn't look at the opposing argument. I didn't look at the secular sources. I didn't look at what other Christian religions outside of fundamentalism have to say about it. And sadly, this is what a lot of people in the conspiracy movements do. Not all of them. I mean, there are some people, and I used to say this on my old show, there are uh, a couple of people that I know, and just a couple, who are very humble, very honest. They take what they do very seriously. The information they put together is solid, and if they make a mistake, they will say, yeah, that turned out to be a red herring. That's not something that we really want to worry about. Uh, it, it turned out to just fall flat. But most of these people, like the ones I was associated with, like many of the, of the other ones I saw on the internet, they were twisting the truth to sell people a bill of goods. And most conspiracy theorists or people in the truther community, again, some, not all, but many, when they say they do the research, they research all of the websites and videos and books and people that already spit back at them and confirm to them what they already believe and suspect. So even if it's not true, they say, aha, look at all this research I've done. Look how educated I am on this manner. I've got it all figured out. But they've never bothered to look at any other sources. They never really bothered to look at the opposing argument. It becomes a lot easier to say anything that opposes what I believe is fake, no fake news or it comes from a very spurious source. And I can only trust the sources that I look to to give me the proper information. And that's what a lot of these people do. A lot of these conspiracy theorists that are very popular. Everything else is fake. Everything else is an illusion. Everything else is a show. You can't believe anything. Every, many of them have this saying. They'll say, everything you've ever known, everything you've ever believed is a lie. But then there's that fine print, but 
you can trust me to tell you what the reality of the situation really is. And people buy into this. They never look at the opposing argument. They never look at the other sources because they're absolutely convinced that it's false, that it's fake. It's a lie. Someone's trying to scam them or take the truth away from them and harm them in some way by talking them out of the truth. And that's just not so. They remind me a little bit of uh, the people who say, well, you know, Jesus never existed. He was a myth. Now we have many historians, many scholars, many who are not even religious, secular sources. They're not religious. They don't believe Jesus is Lord. They just say, this man Jesus existed. And uh, this was pretty much what his teachings were. But those people who believe for whatever reason and want to believe Jesus is just a myth, they will always say, well, those sources are faulty. It doesn't matter what information you present them with. Uh, that person lied. That historical figure never existed, a.k.a. it's all fake news. Or it was all a lie, none of it ever existed. And folks, you can't do that. You can't have all of the facts written on the blackboard and then walk to the head of the class, grab the eraser and erase it all and just say, well, there you go. It, none of it ever existed. It was all a lie anyway. When you've never really even looked at those sources to understand if they were true or not. So before we go around telling people, well, you don't have the truth, you're uninformed, you, uh, you know, you don't have all the facts right, you know, you're, you're this, you know, one of the favorite ones that the conspiracy folks say is you're, uh, you're parroting the information that the media is selling us, and it's all a lie. You know, we have 101 different excuses why we won't look at the other side of the argument or the other sources. And what a sad, sad, I don't even know what word to choose for it. I, I honestly don't. When we convince ourselves, when we let someone else convince us that what they're telling us is the absolute truth and every single thing else is a lie, it's false, it's doctored, it's wrong, it's, it's some kind of doctored information that's being sold to the masses then we're in trouble. We've reached the place in our mind, in our life, in, in our mentality where we can no longer learn. We can no longer critically think or observe. And what do we turn into when we reach that point? 
I think we're seeing the fruits of that in our society, the way we treat one another, the way we verbally and even physically attack one another right now. I always say on my shows, one of my favorite sayings of Jesus is when he said, by their fruits, you shall know them. Look at the fruits of this whole conspiracy mania that's overtaking the world. Is it making us smarter? Is it making us better? Is it promoting brotherly love? Is it promoting following God, living the golden rule? Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves? Is it following the road of faith, logic, and reason, and making a difference where things need to be changed in a broken world? Well, it's not doing any of those things. It's not bringing people together. It's causing people to be more divided. It's causing people to fight one another, to hate one another, to draw those lines in the sand. It's us against them. It's me against you. It's leading people into politician worship. Building the bridge to that antichrist beast system that the book of Revelation speaks of. And we can't even see where we're being led to. Look at all of the riots and unrest. Look at all of the horrible things that are happening in the world right now. In the middle of a pandemic, if someone in a grocery store or in close proximity to another person asks politely, could you please uh, wear a mask? I don't want to get sick. I have a disabled child at home whose health is compromised. I just had uh, surgery. I'm just getting over an illness myself. I can't afford to catch this virus. And there are people who have politely said that to others, not wearing a mask. And what happens? Some of these people that asked someone in close proximity to them to please wear a mask got a beat down. Broken bones. They spit on the people. They beat on the people. You can believe your pandemic if you want to, but don't you push your blank, fill in the blank on me. Violence. That's the fruit of this thing. And before you start writing in and commenting and saying, oh, you know, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, that's not the point. The point of the story is we can't even be considerate of one another's feelings. If I don't believe that I should wear a mask and I'm on the grocery line and there's a little old lady and who turns to me and says, uh, could you please wear a mask? You know, I just got over, uh, you know, um, a health issue. I can't afford to get sick, you know. 
even if I don't believe the virus is real, even if I don't believe that I should wear a mask, am I going to put on a mask for the little old lady? Yes, I would. If I didn't have a mask, if I didn't want to wear one that badly, I'd go to the back of the line. I'd, I'd just get away from her so she felt comfortable. I wouldn't beat her down and break her leg and break her arm and give her a concussion. These stories that you hear about. Folks, this is the fruit and the spirit of this whole conspiracy movement that's happening right now. And you can't deny that. I suppose we can, like we deny everything else. But it's not reality. This is the spirit, this is the mentality that this is creating in our world. And if for no other reason, we have to step back and say, hey, wait a minute, is this right? Is this really the truth? Is this really from God? Am I really on the right side? Because look how I'm acting, and look how the people that are on my side are acting. We can't ignore it. We shouldn't ignore it. We have to be honest about what's going on around us. We have to be honest about our own thoughts and our own behavior. If all we can do is draw those lines in the sand and say, I'm right, everybody else is wrong, how stupid and ill-informed everybody is, I'm going to smash your face in if you ask me to wear a mask. I would uh, venture to say, your truth is very, very polluted, very, very distorted. And it's turning you into a monster, I'm sorry to say. We need to become human again. We have to be honest about what is happening and how it's making people act. By their fruit, you shall know them. And unless you believe Jesus was and is some bloodthirsty warrior and savior, as some people are believing in this day and age, then we need to be a positive change in the face of all of this. But now, ladies and gentlemen, before we end this show, I do want to talk about that difference between conspiracy and agenda. And I say all of this, and some people might say, oh, you don't know the truth. Oh, you said you looked into these things back in 1990, 91, but you don't believe it. Well, here's the truth of the matter. I am well aware, and it is a truth, that there are people in our government here in the United States and around the world the ultra-rich, those who consider themselves the elites. We're all familiar with that word, I'm sure. And these people 
do believe that it is their mission to build this new Eden, this new utopia on the earth. And they will be the ones in charge of it. And in their philosophy, there's a lot less of people like you and I. And our main function in the new utopia is just to produce and work and keep the, the wheels turning for the masters. And these people consider themselves to be, uh, they refer to themselves many in these ultra-rich circles as the lords of the earth and the masters of the universe. And that is just not a figure of speech for a lot of them. They truly believe it, that it's their divine right. Somehow they're, uh, they're special or they have some kind of uh, divine origins. They're better than everybody else they're superior to everybody else and they are literally the lords of the earth they will rule this world they will control all the resources they will shape this world and create this world that the new eden the new paradise in their image the way they think it should be but they also consider themselves the masters of the universe they will conquer the cosmos whether through future technology or through some great uh, divine evolutionary powers that will awaken within them one day. Uh, there seems to be uh, both, um, both sides of that argument in some of their philosophies. And uh, it's, it's really strange what they do believe. And they want to control all the resources. And they want to have this one world kind of government and currency and banking system where they're in charge of everything. The distribution of food and wealth and goods, they believe it's all theirs. And you and I are using up their precious resources, and this is why you hear uh, where some of them believe in uh, depopulation, because there's too many of us and too many of us using up their resources and they need to you know cut down on those numbers that is literally their philosophy and the, there is technology in this day and age which i'm sure that if given opportunity they will use to further their agenda whether it's tracking devices whether it's chipping people whether it's whatever it is you know, injecting people with mind-numbing nanobots, you know, whatever, you know. If it exists and they can use it to further their agenda and build their little utopia, I have no doubt that they would use that technology. And I've probably even thought about it at this stage in the game. So yes, those agendas are very real. Now, it sounds strange, and this might be the first time some of you are hearing about this sort of thing, and you're like, well, that sounds uh, kind of science fiction and weird. I don't believe it. You know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, you know, this stuff is true, and there are people that for a very long time uh, throughout history, their bloodline, their clan uh, have kind of looked to the future where they 
would be lords of the earth, masters of the universe. So the agenda is very real. So I'm not unaware of that at all. There are many uh, sources that, that one can look at to uh, trace this thing back. And, and I would suggest maybe getting some older books rather than looking on the internet. The internet has become so polluted and convoluted with its information. It's, it's so hard to find what the truth really is on the internet. And maybe that's by design, I don't know, but there's a lot of bad and false information on the internet. So I would suggest uh, maybe looking up some old books, seeing if you can find them in your local library or order a copy at your local bookstore and you know start taking that route from getting familiar with what this agenda is and who started it and why they started it and what the ultimate uh, aim is for all of this you know and it's it's spoken of in uh you know the book of revelation the the seer john said you know that the time will come you know the the mark of the beast the the um babylon the great and nobody can buy or sell except he who has the mark of the beast that one world dominating force or that force that is at least trying to dominate the world and i also want to say this to all you folks out there that uh, are really following after politicians and conspiracy theories the mark of the beast, and this is not a new idea, this is something that uh, some of the early Christians believed about prophecy, that that mark of the beast, 666, may not be a physical mark. It could be allegorical, and it's on the forehead because it is a mindset. It is an acceptance of this false truth and narrative that is being presented to you. So it is on your forehead because you accept it and you take it into your mind as your way of thinking, your way of being, your way of doing. And it's on the hand because the hand is the symbol of the thing we work, that we do, we handle, we produce. So our, our way of doing and functioning and connecting with this world is in conjunction with that false antichrist mindset and philosophy that you've taken into your mind and accepted as your truth. So be very careful what you're accepting into your mind as truth. Be very careful what you accept as your truth and your mindset and how it affects your way of being and doing in this world. Because you just might be, as I said in the last show, being primed for the ultimate spiritual deception. How many people will believe that Donald Trump is the new Cyrus or the next King David? How many people will believe all of these outlandish conspiracy theories? 
how far will we go to believe the untrue and accept it as true until that ultimate untruth is presented to us and it just smacks and smells and resonates with everything we've been taught that is false so far and we say, this is God. And then we've been taken into the ultimate deception. So be careful what you hear. Be careful what you take into your mind as truth. And don't let other people take the wheel of your mind and your thoughts. Do the critical thinking. Do the research. And something else that I want to say before we end this show, and that is speaking about the real agenda that is out there. I've posed this question to a few people that are very um, diehard conspiracy, conspiracy theorists, uh, truther individuals in the past. And it doesn't seem to be something that a lot of people want to answer or consider. But I'm asking you to consider this now. Just think about what I'm saying at this moment, at this moment. What if all these conspiracy theorists that are looming large in our world right now, and we're seeing the fruits of all this that are not so good, it's not good at all. What if those people are a distraction? What if those are the people that are actually bringing you the fake news? What if these are false prophets? And what if some of them are there to be just that in this world? Let's think of it this way in an illustration. What if me and everyone listening to this podcast... What if we all lived in a community together? We had a big neighborhood. And suddenly in our neighborhood, there was a rash of break-ins, a rash of, you know, uh, burglaries. And somebody comes up one day and says, you know, I think I know who's breaking into the houses around our neighborhood and, uh, and taking people's things. I think it's Bill Smith down the road. I looked into Bill Smith, and he has a criminal record. He's been arrested for stealing before. He used to hang out with people, this little gang of, uh, of guys back in the day, kids. You know, they would, they would burglarize, they would steal. This guy's bad news. He has a history of being a thief. Then a few more people get on board and they say, yeah, I looked into Bill and I found this and I found that. And he's got this background. You're right. He's being a thief and, you know, stealing. So most of us in the neighborhood, we say, hey, this sounds very plausible. We better keep an eye on Bill Smith. 
But then what happens if someone comes along and says, boy, you'll never guess what we learned about Bill Smith now. Not only does he have a past, a criminal past, not only was he arrested, he spent time in jail, he'd done all these things, he sold drugs, but some of us here in the neighborhood saw him the other night in his backyard conspiring with Santa Claus. And now we know Santa is real, and we know he is eternal because we found out that Santa Claus is a vampire. And he's in cahoots with Bill Smith. Then a little later on, oh, the Easter Bunny's involved. Now Bill Smith isn't even human. He's an android or a reptilian. Then we saw Bill Smith being taken on board a spaceship by the Greys and the reptilians with Vampire Santa. And we start getting all these fantastic and crazy ideas. And some people believe them. Oh my God, who is this Bill Smith? What is he? Vampire Santa, I knew it. But what are the people of reason and logic and sanity going to do? They're going to walk away from all of that and say, man, this is getting nuts. I don't believe any of it anymore. This is just a rumor that has spiraled out of control, and it's now completely nuts. But now let's make believe in our little pretend neighborhood that Bill Smith really is a thief. He does have a background. He is the one who's been breaking into the houses, and he continues to do so and get away with it. Because nobody's paying attention to Bill Smith anymore. Because they've come to the conclusion that all these conspiracy theories about Vampire Santa and Zombie Easter Bunny and the Greys and the Reptilians and, hey, Bill's not even human. It just made us shake our heads and walk away. We washed our hands of it. We don't want to get involved with this kind of nonsense. So no one's even watching anymore. No no, no one even cares anymore. And Bill Smith is free to just go about his business. And no one's the wiser. And no one suspects. See, I believe that's what's happening with this whole conspiracy movement that's bearing all this bad fruit and all of these crazy ideas. It's becoming a thing where now people are even losing sight of the agenda and saying, I don't believe any of it. This whole globalization thing, this whole elitist thing, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, and look what those people believe. And I told someone the old saying the other day, I said, you know, there's the saying that says the devil's greatest weapon is that most people don't believe he exists. And wouldn't that be true for the elitists? If the waters were muddied so badly with misinformation, fantastic tales, and people acting completely irrational and violent and mean over those fantastic tales. 
How convenient would that be when they start looking like a bunch of nuts and everybody else says, I don't believe any of this. If you don't believe the enemy is there, then he's free to operate without hindrance. And while you're going about your life believing he doesn't exist, he's building the prison wall all around you. And meanwhile, those who have an inkling that that agenda exists are too busy talking about Vampire Santa, Zombie Easter Bunny, Rabid Leprechauns, and all these other fantastic ideas, but no one ever really does anything about it. They just yell and point, Oh my God, the sky is falling, and nobody looks because nobody believes. Maybe it would be best if we all stepped back for a moment and re-educated ourselves about the agenda, but got rid of the fairy tales. Maybe people would start listening. Maybe we would start coming together and noticing things. And maybe the fruits of that movement would be good. And maybe we would all come together and come up with a solution and prevent this from happening. Instead of all being divided, fighting one another, hating one another, looking like a bunch of crazy people. And meanwhile, the enemy just laughs because, hey, this is a great distraction. The people are divided against themselves. Nobody's looking at us. They're fighting one another on whether they should wear a mask or not during a pandemic. They're fighting one another whether the pandemic is even real. They're fighting one another over nanobots and invisible airplanes and whether it's okay to inject disinfectant into our veins to kill the coronavirus. They're too busy about arguing over all of that nonsense. They're not even paying attention to us anymore. They got enough red herring to keep them busy. They'll never get back on our trail. So while they're all looking in the wrong direction, obsessing over this stuff, we're building the prison walls all around the world. Maybe that should be something that we all stop and think about. Because I have a hunch that maybe, just maybe, it's more true than we think. And I'm not saying that all of these outlandish conspiracy theorists are plants by the elites. Maybe some of them are. Maybe some of them do work for the opposition, so to say. But maybe this thing has just gotten so out of control. The enemy always likes to take advantage of a good catastrophe. And we're doing a fine job of creating that amongst ourselves. And that, my friends, is very bad fruit. I'm Paul James Caden. 
I thank you for listening. I hope some of this made sense to you today. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you the next time on the Infinite Journey podcast. Peace.